It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhips dissecting issues. Choose as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. We've got a great show planned for you again today. We're going to go through some headlines in this first and second segment. And uh, third and fourth, we'll be talking with Roberta Sutton. She is a former physics teacher. Uh, she does a lot of substitute teaching. She has uh, written a very important book, What You Don't Know That Your Kids Don't Know. And uh, this is regarding education. So that's a really, really important conversation that we'll be having in the third and fourth segments. Uh, so be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. We'll keep you apprised of everything uh, that's going to become upcoming guests and important topics. And uh, thank you to Dave uh, for filling in here while Steve is out of town. It's great to have you running the boards. Good to be here. And uh, thanks and thanks to Steve and Zach and Patty and Keith, uh, to all of you for keeping this train on the track. Greatly appreciate it. And we're having a little bit of a cowboy theme this morning with our quotes. Uh, John Wayne, uh, you know, the, the iconic cowboy, if you will, he said, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Again, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. So uh, are you ready for the funnies, Dave? Hit me. Okay, here we go. So Cowboy Joe was telling his fellow cowboys back at the ranch about his first visit to a big city church. He said, when I got there, they had me park my old truck in the corral, Joe began. You mean the parking lot, interrupted Charlie, a more worldly fellow. So I walked up the trail to the door, Joe continued. You mean the sidewalk to the door, Charlie corrected him. Inside the door, I was met by this dude, Joe went on, and uh, that would be the usher, Charlie explained. Well, the usher led me down the chute, Joe said. You mean the aisle, Charlie said. Then he led me to a stall and told me to sit there, Joe continued. Pew, Charlie retorted. Yeah, I recall, Joe, that's pretty much what the lady next to me said, too. <laughs> okay, on that note, we'll jump into, well, some of these uh, headlines kind of stink, but uh, we'll go ahead and <laughs> we'll go ahead and get into them. Not the first one, though. And Colorado Governor Jared Polis declared May 15th as Kendrick Castilla Day. Uh, Polis published a statement on his official Facebook page on Wednesday. He said, I declare today Kendrick Castillo Day in Colorado as we remember the life of the 18-year-old hero who died saving others in last week's STEM school shooting in Highlands Ranch. Rest in peace, Kendrick. Your bravery won't be forgotten. And Dave, I don't know if that you saw on the, the news outlets, but um, apparently Kendrick had a Jeep. He loved his Jeep. And uh, so the Jeep club decided that they would, you know, uh, actually, you know, uh, go to his memorial service. Well, I don't know if you saw the pictures, but there was, it looked like to me, miles and miles of Jeeps and different cars just in honor of this kid. And uh, I thought that was pretty special. So next thing. Uh, next headline, RTD's electric 16th Street mall buses cost nearly twice as much to operate as diesel coaches. And this is out of the Denver Post. It says that RTD pays nearly twice as much per mile to power the electric bu buses along Denver's 16th Street mall 
as it does its conventional diesel fleet. In a memo issued in late April to the RTD's board of directors that was obtained by the Denver Post, RTD General Manager Dave Genova told the board that the average fuel cost for the battery-powered mall ride shuttle buses is 73 cents per mile. And by contrast, the cost to fuel a typical 40-foot transit coach on RTD's system is 46, 46 cents. You know, that's really significant. And I've been thinking a lot about this. Uh, you know, we, we talk about transportation. We talk about the freedom of mobility, that the freedom of mobility is something that allows everyday people to be after to go after their hopes and dreams, to, to take care of their families, to possibly start a business. And uh, we see this push by elites that, uh, quote-unquote, the unwashed masses need to be riding around on bicycles and in buses and on trains. And if they want a car, they should share that car. That car should be an electric car. And uh, if somebody wants to buy an electric car in, in, in the free market and they pay the cost, they, you know, that, that's okay with me. But what we have had, and uh, we've had a carrot, if you will, which was uh, a total of a $12,500 income tax credit on cars that are purchased in Colorado. That's 7500 that can be shaved off somebody's income tax bill uh, at the federal level and 5000 that can be shaved off of the state income taxes for, for people. Well, that's a pretty healthy chunk of change. So somebody's paying a lot of taxes, you know, if they're getting up to that up to that point. So that's, uh, you know, they're probably doing pretty well for themselves. So in essence, we've been subsidizing, you know, rich people to be able to get, uh, in many cases, uh, an electric car. But as we're looking at the cost right now, before we have these mandates that are just going to be coming in with this rulemaking from the Air Quality Control Commission uh, within the next few months, even before we start to push demand uh, and, and force people, try to force people into electric cars. We're seeing that to, to uh, run an electric vehicle, it is significantly more expensive. The other thing is, is what if the grid goes out? To have all of our energy and all of our travel all dependent on the grid. I think um, it, it defies reason to me of, uh, of, um, of responsible government to try to use um, force Incentives and then forced to push people into a specific mode of transportation. And uh, Natalie Minton had said, uh, and she's on an RT, RTD board member, she said it's important that the taxpayer-funded agency gets its answer soon on why it is spending so much charging its electric bus fleet than fueling its diesel buses. Any customer is going to look at it and ask if this is where we want to invest our hard-earned money and if that's the best use of money. And she is really doing a good job as an RTD board director. Then again, talking about mobility, Greeley, and you see this on the local level, they want to push people onto bikes and buses and trains. So here, up in Greeley, it says, Well, county workers, including, and this is the Greeley Tribune, including those in Greeley, get to work in a number of ways, but biking isn't typically one of them. Biking was the least popular means of transportation to work among Well County residents, according to a 2013-17 American Community Survey and five-year estimates. So it's about 3%, 0.3% report biking to work, and 0.6% report taking public transit. So, Dave, you know what they're going to do? They're going to spend more money on bike, bike paths. Doesn't that make a lot of sense? I heard they're going to be heated, too. Oh, 
Seriously? Yeah, yeah. I heard uh, they stopped part of the I-25 corridor renovations to make it easy to get between Monument to Castle Rock. And they stopped part of that so that they could divert that money to heated bike trails. So we want to have the most in the country, I guess. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe it? Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Jamie Gillis and Michael Hancock, they have launched their runoff cans campaign. They, they have eight, 18 days before uh, that particular vote. And then uh, speaking of energy, so we have over here, we have bureaucrats and politicians that want to push people into electric cars. And then we also see this attack on the oil and gas industry. And so this is from the Colorado Sun. Uh, Oil and gas activists want Colorado to pause new drilling while regulations are being sorted out. It said environmentalists and community activists asked Colorado, excuse me, Regulators on Wednesday to stop issuing new oil and gas drilling permits until they rewrite the rules under a new tax or a new law that makes public safety and the environment the state's top priorities. Now, you know, there's a lot of things that fall under, quote unquote, public safety. But uh, one of those things, there's a lot of uh, safety in driving around in your own personal vehicle instead of having to stand out on um, on a platform waiting for a train or at a bus stop waiting for a bus uh, you know, it's not that safe early in the morning, probably not that safe late at night. So once again, you see these bureaucrats and politicians that um, they take words. They take words. They take things that we think are important, public safety, um, vaccinations for our kids, uh, clean air, clean water. And they take these things that I think most of the, the population thinks is important, and then they they then push their their rules they push um their power and they they use force and so the real questions on these things is freedom versus force as we look at each of these issues and there's nothing totally perfect on that but we always want to be moving towards freedom for people responsible freedom versus force Uh, on the national level this is unbelievable. Oregon Democrats impose a new tax. It was one that voters recently rejected. It said Republican members, and this is out of Forbes, Republican members of the Oregon, St- uh, Oregon Senate left their state capitol in Salem five days ago in order to block passage of legislation that will raise Oregon state taxes by billions of dollars. Maybe right now. Maybe that's what the estimates are. But you'll start to see businesses close. You'll start to see people leave. And it was a standoff at the end of Monday when Republicans returned, uh, so getting the, uh, the quorum that they needed. It was hotly contested. And what this is, it's, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a tax on gross receipts. So that means that, you know, your little businesses, you have to, you know, sometimes they're on very, very tight margins. And so they were going to take a look at their complete, you know, their, their gross receipts, all the money they bring in. And then they're going to tax them before, uh, instead of uh, waiting to, to tax them on, um, on their profits, they're going to tax them on the whole thing. This is going to put some of these little businesses out of business. I truly cannot understand what they're thinking on that. And then uh, speaking of more taxes, New York and California are getting aggressive when residents try to flee their high-tax states. Again, this is, oh, this is Fox Business. It says an increasing number of residents are looking to leave high-tax Uh, states such as California and New York. Uh, And some of these state and local governments 
are not making the process easy. And uh, so I think what we'll do is we're going to go to break because I want to talk about this a bit more. Before we do that, the Rockies are on the road. They lost yesterday to Boston, and then they're headed to Philly. And uh, Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. It's the place to watch all these games, Wednesdays or wing days. And when the girls come over on Wednesday nights, uh, I have Hooters Wings delivered right to my front door. And so you can do that. You can actually stop by, pick something up on the way home, or you can always watch all the games at Hooters. There's plenty of TVs. So for more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. Let them know that you know the AmeriChicks, and we'll be right back. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and AmeriChick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at AmeriChicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and sign up for my emails. Appreciate it if you would like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter as well. And so we're uh, going through some of these news headlines right now, and a lot of this is about taxes. And I was thinking about the Colorado, the American dream. It seems that it's dying in some ways or it's being attacked, let me put it that way, uh, by a thousand cuts. You have uh, politicians and bureaucrats at the local level, at the county level, at the state level, and the national level, uh, under the guise of helping people or, quote-unquote, doing something good for the community or public. Uh, they tax people more. That means there's less money in people's pockets. And uh, Donald Trump, I think, truly understands that if people have more money in their pocket, if there's less rules, less regulations, then they can go after their hopes and dreams. The um, radical activists that have taken over the Democrat Party, this is no longer the Democrat Party of JFK. And uh, so, you know, I think they're, they're really, you know, far, far left. And, and their idea is, is that government should provide everything and uh, for the masses, though. And so the individual gets lost in that. And so you, you take a look, though, um, the states that are so aggressive on their taxes and that are uh, really run by these radical activists on the left, uh, it's, it's not sustainable. When we talk about sustainable, this is not sustainable. So New York and California are getting aggressive when residents flee, try to flee the high taxes that they have. 
And so even if you still own property in some of these states like New York and California, but you have moved your domicile, your official domicile of someplace else, they're now making rules that you have to live in that other state for, uh, I think it's 183 days, it depends. And otherwise, you're going to still have to pay taxes, your income taxes in these, other, in these high-tax states. So in addition to California, um, Minker, who was the guy that they were quoting on this, said that New York is equally aggressive as are New Jersey, Connecticut, and Ohio. The burden of proof is on the taxpayer to prove where he is or she is, and it can be very close. Uh, We've seen this coming down to where your pet is. It says Florida received more movers in than any other state. New York's outflows to the the Sunshine State were the highest, with uh, just about 64,000 people moving from New York to Florida. New York had the third largest outflows of any state, with a total of 452,000 people moving out within the past year. California, another high-tax state, had the largest outflow of domestic residents with the highest proportion headed to Texas, Arizona, and Washington. And Washington and Texas collect no state income tax. So this is the free market. And this is not just, um, you know, conservatarians, Republicans, unaffiliated. Um, Democrats also are moving. And uh, it's just human nature that uh, people like to have other people pay taxes instead of them. Oh, okay. Uh, we have uh, on the line with this. We have Anne. Anne, what's on your mind? Well, I was thinking that I would suspect that a lot of these people who are the Democrats who are making this legislation to tax the gross um, revenue on a business have never owned a business, don't have the the oomph to own a business, um, the wherewithal, um, etc. And here they're strapping those regulations. On, on productive people. So a lot of this comes out of the United Nations agenda for the 21st century, which was called the ICLE, and now it's called Sustainability 20, 30, 50, and they've got a 100-year plan for this. So I think people need to um, really rise up against this in Oregon because it'll be coming here. You know, if, if um, we think that we're out of uh, safety of this kind of thing, it's just over the top. You know, Anne, you bring up a really good point. I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago, and they said, if you want to know what's going to be coming down the pike in Colorado, just take a look at Oregon. So you're spot on on that. And, uh, you know, as bad as this le- this last legislative session was, as we look at the, you know, we've got the, the you know, the big bad five of uh, national popular vote. See if I can remember them. Uh, let's see, the oil and gas bill, sh- shutting down oil and gas, the... Um, um, let's see the red flag bill, the forced vaccination of our kids, and then that awful, awful uh, hypersexualization of our kids bill. Um, you know, we thought that was all bad, but I hadn't even thought about it until you just called and mentioned it. I, we might see this next year right here in Colorado. Well, you know, the um, uh, April 3rd um, issue of USA Today stated that there was an article called Cut Paste Legislate. The, there was a two-year, 30-year, I mean, yeah, a 30 uh, a researcher um, a project, um, and these were actually journalists who proved that through Legiscan, the um, uh, bills are being written by industry and by other 
by other is what I'm referring to the United Nations agenda for the 21st century, referred to as Agenda 21, um, so that the um, legislators aren't even writing the bills. They're getting the bills sponsored by industry. And, um, of course, this isn't regarding the, the small business thing, um, but, uh, but it does come out of UN 21. Anyway, so, so anyway, uh, I, I just think that it's important for people to know um, that this, this whole massive takedown, because it does, it takes down the, our economy. Um, and, and people just move, like you just mentioned. But then it, if we don't stand up against them, because it's so easy for Democrats to get elected because of the effective machine they've got, you know, run by money from Soros, et cetera, and the strikers and on and on. Um, it, it's just we have to get more active and we have to let our neighbors know because of the way they can harvest ballots. You know, and, and we're not even sure that those people fill them out, but they got the ballot. You know what I mean? And I, I never, when I have talked to people, heard anybody who would let anybody else turn in their ballots. So I don't even trust that. Uh, well, you, you, again, you've hit some um, some big challenges that we have here in Colorado. You know, with the, the uh, mail-in ballot, with everybody getting these ballots, then what that puts in place, what you mentioned, is ballot harvesting. And uh, so you can see at the very last minute that um, lots of ballots can come in. So, for example, you have a nursing home, and everybody in the nursing home gets a ballot. Now, many times these um, you know, nursing home residents, they don't, maybe don't pay a whole lot of attention to politics. But I think Americans have this inherent kind of they think, I have this right to vote, I need to vote. But yet, I, I now say, if you don't know the issues, if you don't know who the, the, uh, enough about the candidates, your responsibility is to not vote. Because uh, then, but I think sometimes they look to a, a trusted you know, person that, that uh, may work at the nursing home to help them fill out their ballot and, uh, then, and, and turn that ballot in. Well, you can certainly see how you could have somebody really influence all those votes at a particular nursing home. Or you could actually also have fraud. Okay, somebody yeah. that actually fills out those ballots and then takes them in as well. And so, I, just a quick question, and how do you feel about Colorado? What do you think? Can, uh, can we get this thing turned around? Well, I think that if we have um, uh, information that's disseminated to our neighborhoods, people don't know what even happened at the uh, legislature this session. I mean, I go to a church where I ask, and, and they're, they're strong Christians, but they don't know what's going on. Um, so let alone my neighborhood who never uh, goes to church because you can see the cars in the, in the driveway um, mm -hmm. or, you know, that they're not going to church. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and so, so I just, they're not taking their responsibility. So it's very important that district captains and, and precinct committee per people get informed themselves and then we uh, get this information out because we don't have the money um, uh, coming in to pay workers to walk neighborhoods. But we can um, be more effective in that effort if we support each other and, and um, get more people to help us, which it's not impossible at all. It's not. And, you know, one of the first places people can start to get informed is to listen to the Americhicks with Kim Munson every day. 
Absolutely, and attend their county GOP. Um, just Google that and find out where their once-a-month meeting is, and then start working for candidates. Who, I mean, volunteering for candidates, you know, because we've got to take back Colorado. It's just over the top. It, and it's not going to get less. It's going to get more. Right. We, do, we truly have a battle here. The, you know, I, I hang out with a lot of different women, and uh, I, I think everybody is really encouraged. We, we do need to be informed. We do need to engage with our friends, our family, our colleagues, and our neighbors. So, Anne, thank you so much for your call today. I greatly appreciate it. I really love your show. Okay. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye. And, and, you know, I hadn't really thought about it, Dave, but she's so spot on. Uh, during the summer is when you're seeing uh, all of these legislators are being presented with, as she mentioned, this is legislation that has been written by different, different industries or different lobbies. And so, you know, the old idea that something, you know, a legislator would come up with an idea and then they, they would uh, debate that idea on the floor and, uh, you know, really try to get to a, a resolution, something that's really good for, you know, the, their, uh, their voters, the constituents, the people of Colorado. That's not what is happening. So let's keep an eye on this this summer. We can't um, take our, our foot off the pedal on this because um, there's going to be some serious stuff coming down the pike. Uh, so, but with that, let's jump on over. We've got Jason McBride on the line. Jason, how are you doing this morning? Oh, just fantastic. How are you, Kim? Well, I'm doing fine. I'm actually a little cranky about this Oregon tax, though, I have to tell you. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'm surprised that state's even still in business, but I, I guess they want to be like California faster than California, and we want to be like Oregon faster than Oregon became like Oregon. I know. It's it's wild out there. But, uh, but you know, Jason... Uh, Let's let's kind of jump over here. We've sure. been wanting to talk about Apple's earnings report for the last few weeks. And with all the craziness in the markets and some of the other headlines, we just put it on the back burner. Yeah, it, it's too bad, too, but that stuff does happen. But you're right, Kim. Apple released their earnings for the quarter on May 1st after the market closed. And the next day, the stock shot up about 10 bucks which was about 5% for that high-priced stock. But it sounds like you thought the earnings report was actually pretty crummy. I, I did think it was crummy, Kim. So the question is, why did the stock shoot up the way it did the next day? In my opinion, it's just purely because of buying back shares. So that might help the stock price short-term, but it can also kind of camouflage underlying issues with the uh, actual quality of the business. You know, you're right, Kim, and here's some of the numbers from the earnings report. Uh, their top-line sales were $58 billion. Now, this is for a, the quarterly report, not the whole year, but uh, the top-line sales were $58 billion. That's versus 61 last year, so the sales were down 5%, and those just kind of are what they are. It's hard to finagle the sales numbers. Uh, the earnings per share, however, were down 10%, and that's kind of your most important number to look at if you're trying to figure out the, the health of a company and the stock. So the earnings per share, Kim, were 246 a share, and that was versus 273 last year. So even on the surface, the report was less than inspiring. Uh, sales down 5%, earnings per share down 10%. Uh, the biggest problem they had was a big drop in sales of iPhones and a big, big drop in sales to China. 
Hmm. That is interesting. And you said that they bought, uh, bought back a boatload of shares as well. Yeah, they sure did. They bought back over the year 368 million shares uh, between last year and this year. So what that did, Kim, is it, redu- it reduced the total share count by about 7%. So now without that buyback, apples to apples, and how could I avoid that pun even if I tried, right? Right. But their actual earnings per share would have been $2.28 versus $2.73 last year, which would have been down 16%. So, you know, and as much as I hate to disappoint Senator Pocahontas, though, uh, I will point out that Apple paid $2.2 billion of federal income tax for the quarter. That was about a 16% tax rate. Uh, they also paid about $2.3 billion in last year's quarter. So I think we could skip the fake news about how no huge companies pay any taxes. Right, and that is something Elizabeth Warren said, uh, that they weren't paying taxes. So it's good that That's you clarified right. that. So, but, but, you know, they could wipe it out. You know how? If they bought 300,000 Teslas and got a $7,500 credit for each one, they wouldn't owe any taxes. Ah, very good segue on that one. But you said they spent about $75 billion to buy back shares. That's right. And then they said they plan to buy back about another $75 billion worth of shares over the next year. Uh, They raised their massive, huge dividend, Kim, from a whopping... 1.5% 1.5% to a tremendous 1.6%, uh, big deal there. But the buyback announcement, to me, that was why the stock popped the next day. It, it went from 200 to 210, but now it's given back all the gain plus more. Uh, the stock closed at 190 yesterday. Uh, a couple of technical notes on this, the accumulation distribution rating, which kind of shows what the big institutions are doing as far as buying and selling right now is at a D minus on Apple. Uh, a plus is the best and E is the worst. Now, most of your other tech biggies are showing like B's or C's for that rating. So this is an Apple stock mm. issue. It's not the entire sector. Um, I also noticed the number of mutual funds that own the stock has been decreasing over the last year. And then finally on Monday, the, the stock just plunged below both its 50-day and 200-day moving averages with a huge increase in volume. Okay. Now, Jason, I know how much you love to make predictions, and it's worth a shot to ask, what do you think? Well, uh, you're right, Kim. It's tough to predict the future, like Yogi Berra said, but... (laughs) Yeah, I'd I'd make a guess on on Apple that there's a real decent chance you'll be able to buy the stock cheaper uh, between now and the end of the year. Okay, so uh, we have that in writing, right, Jason? No, you have nothing, <laughs> and uh, this show will not be archived. We're gonna gonna edit gonna it out. Take that one out, okay? Yeah, we'll take it out later. Okay. After, Afterwards. right? You got it. You got it. So, hey, Jason, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Greatly appreciate it. 
Okay, Kim, have a great show. Okay, thanks. And you can reach the fine people over at Presidential Wealth Management. Uh, we have a landing page. It's chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. And the phone number is 303-694-1600, 303-694-1600. We're going to go to break. You're going to want to hear this next conversation. Roberta Sutton, we've had her on before, and we're going to continue talking about her book, What You Don't Know That Your Kids Don't Know. And uh, it's a very important read, and uh, so we'll talk with her when we get right back. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson would like to thank Veterans Listening to Veterans in Centennial and Colorado Customs Services in Castle Rock for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. The mortgage process can be stressful, and with a potential increase in interest rates, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure you are making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-517-7173. With over 30 years of combined experience, Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook of Home Mortgage Alliance have the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financing options available to you. They will remain available seven days a week, and they will always respond quickly to your calls because they pride themselves on their excellent customer service. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance today, 303-517-7173. 303-517-7173. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for my emails. Offering you a conservatarian perspective. Thrilled to have on the line with me, Roberta Sutton. Uh, Roberta, welcome. It's great to have you on the show again. Oh, thank thank you so much for having me back. Well, absolutely. Um, I did get, I got your book finished. Uh, This is an important book, What You Don't Know. That your kids don't know. It's a it's a very good read. It's it's not a real long book, but man, there's a lot of information in there, and it's really really important. So so thank you. First of all, how can people get this book, Roberta? Because every every parent, grandparent, community member needs to read this book because it's so important. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's twelve dollars, um, and. Uh, it's selling well. It's even selling in Japan. 
<laughs> that's fantastic. International, and that's good. So, but let's yeah. jump in here. You, we have a little bit of a, an outline of things that you wanted to talk about, and it's so important. So let's stay on task, and I'm going to let you go ahead and, and start on this. Okay. But, you know, we, okay. we, ha- we think that our kids are learning certain things, but uh, break that out. It's not happening. Well, that's, that's the whole um, reason that I felt I should write this book. Because a lot of parents are assuming that things are going along at the same rate and pace, that, that, and they're learning that their students are learning the same things at the same point in their education that, that they were, that the parents were. Mm-hmm. And that may not be the case. I, I'm, I can assure you and, that's not the case. And um, the parents don't know it. I know. Um, and so... Um, what they're being taught is being thinned. And um, also what I've also seen is that the approval of socialism in our, especially our high schools, is gaining ground. And, and American history and patriotism, that sort of thing, uh, anything that would foster that isn't being taught. Well, and Roberta, you're really an expert on this. You, uh, you're a physics teacher. I mean, and right. I mean that was your training, but then you have right. been substituting. Uh, uh, you know, you, you took some time off from teaching, and, and uh, you have another career as well. But but you've been substitute teaching as well in one of the um, area school districts, and so that's right. why you wrote this book is because of what you're seeing. So you are well that, an expert that's on this the whole thing. Um, I would come home after my day of teaching. And my husband would say, well, how was your day? And when I would tell him what the, the uh, assignments had been, what, what the material had been that we covered, he would be so surprised. His eyes would get bigger and bigger. Um, and I'll just give you an example. Um, this was in a physics class. I, I used to be a physics teacher. Um, that's what my degree is in. So I, I taught a lot of physics and chemistry and math. And um, this was in a physics class. Um, first of all, they had no books. Can you imagine mm. teaching physics without a book? Wow. Wow. Uh, usually you have to read things several times, explanations, uh, words in several times to, for them to soak in. At least I did. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> but this is the way it worked in this class. The, the students came in. And they got their Chromebooks, which are like iPads, and then they got on the Chromebook to get the school website, and then the teacher's website, and then the day's work, and they did those problems. It was a problem set. Okay. Um, So nothing to read, just a problem set. Uh, They worked out the problems and emailed them to the teacher. No paper. Wow. Okay. This is very 21st century, I'm sure, mm-hmm. except that the students told me that they were totally lost and had no idea what they were doing. They were studying the section of physics. Uh, there are several sections of physics. The hardest one is called mechanics, and that's where you study velocity, acceleration, mass, momentum, pressure, force, that sort of thing. And those equations that have to do with those things need to be derived in front of the kids at the blackboard and explained and and also have a book to look back at 
for the explanation of them. The kids were just substituting in numbers into equations if the numbers and the equations matched. <laughs> and um, the, ki- the kids told me that, they, that their teacher had only stood up in front of them and taught them two days so far that year. And I was there in December. That's astonishing. Um, That's astonishing. Tell us they about said the, they, were, oh, go, well, they, they just said they were so lost. There was an English class. Um, the, they were to, to choose a poem and put it into a PowerPoint presentation with music. And so we, our, the day I was there, we were in the, the lab, <clears throat> the computer lab. And so the kids were trying to do their PowerPoint presentation, which they didn't know how to do. And um, the the poem part of it, the English. And was this high school? Was this high school? Yeah, this and, high school. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the English part, which would, I, I guess would be the poem that they chose, that was so eclipsed by the IT part. And um, there was only one person in the building that knew how to put music with a PowerPoint, and she was in the library or the LMC, and she was so overworked that she never made it up to the computer lab to help us. And so most of they, most of the kids just sat there waiting. And there was another, um, ex- this was a middle school science class. Uh, I, I was told um, when I went there that we would be conducting an experiment, and I was so happy. And we went from the room that had the soapstone um counters around the sides with uh, Bunsen burners and glassware in the drawers. We went from that room, which was really a science room, up to a computer lab room, and they did the experiment virtually. They stirred the beaker of boiling water, read the temperature, all virtually. There's one advantage, no bird fingers. (laughs) I guess so, huh? Wow. But but it's not hands-on. It's really, a, it's really an IT thing. It's not a science thing. And another example, I w- this was a physics class in another school, and they were doing an important, they, they were studying light. That way they were in the section called light. And, and the, the big thing, studying light, is you're t- trying to determine if it's a particle or a wave. Okay. And so they were doing something called a ripple tank experiment. And um, the ripple tank does have a lot of water in it, um, and there, you have to have two sources of uh, ripples being generated, and the kids are to observe nodes, you know, the smooth spots uh, that interfere, where the two waves interfere with each other, and, and also how, they, how the waves bend around obstructions. Well, <clears throat> they didn't do it with ripple tank equipment, uh, they did it virtually. Um, the The rows of, of students were three, three people, and at the end of that row was a computer that belonged to the cl- classroom. And so, one of the students, one of the three, sat at the computer and tried to bring it up. In some cases, it, it loaded very slowly and didn't load at all. And so. They, those kids didn't get to do the experiment. 
um, it takes about a half a class period to set up ripple tank equipment, the physical equipment. But then you get to actually see the ripples, the water rippling and showing the nodes and the, and the bending. And, and that, that would be the hands-on. But I, I, they, the, there's, the virtual, I don't think, can replace the real, the real experience. Oh, my gosh, Roberta. I totally agree with you. you know, let's go to break uh, because we have more important information to go through on this. But I'm just thinking about, you know, time is so valuable. And the wasting of time, the wasting of resources to not really be teaching our kids. I was thinking about it on the way over here. I think it, it's almost a crime. So, but let's go to break. When we come okay. back, we're talking with Roberta Sutton about her very important book, What You Don't Know That Your Kids Don't Know. Uh, we'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Presidential Wealth Management has educated thousands of Coloradans at our free financial education classes. Our Lakewood class will be held at the Lakewood Library on Tuesday, May 14th, and Thursday, May 16th at 6 p.m. Go to chickspresidential.com to sign up online or call 303-694-1600 and make your reservation with Natalie. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person, and children under 12 are free. Friday, May 10th through Thursday, May 16th, features will include Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Avengers Endgame, and Captain Marvel. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special? Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Dissecting issues is right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. We're having a conversation with Roberta Sutton about her very important book, What You Don't Know That Your Kids Don't Know. Roberta, very quickly, producer uh, Dave just wanted to interject something that you saw online. So I found this article from the California Globe, yesterday's edition of California Globe, and it said that California schools, despite a 60%, I'm sorry, a 60% spending increase since 2011 there's been no performance change whatsoever and i think that uh it kind of proves that throwing money at a situation is not necessarily going to fix the problem okay good point there uh roberta do you want to comment on that um because we have a lot of great information to get through too so but yeah what's your comment yes i would um i have in my book um it is possible to make a perfect score on the act and the last student that did that um I have it in my book. Um, he was homeschooled, which doesn't cost very much money at all. Mm-hmm. So it's not money. 
it, it's it's the there there is a new philosophy. It's in this is in my book too about um, education, and uh, the we used to think of education as a teacher standing in front of a classroom presenting a subject, doing maybe some work on the board, and then sitting at her desk. And the students, if they wanted help, could come up and get help, and whatever was remaining was homework. That's not the case anymore. That's not the philosophy. The philosophy has changed. Uh, The philosophy now is to get the students to do as much of the teaching as possible. When we were hearing about this, my husband made the comment. He said, well, the the teacher's the most prepared person in the room. I want my kid to be listening to the teacher. Mm -hmm. And, um, but um, they call, this is is the way it's being taught in the teacher's colleges. And um, they call that barking at the kids, which I was shocked because I would sometimes sit up until, Midnight, figuring out how we'd present an idea in physics so that the, the, the students would understand it perfectly the first time. Because if you don't, sometimes their eyes glaze over and they never get the concept. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be presented correctly. And um, but anyway, um, the these students are. There's a whole. There's a whole new philosophy that nobody realizes. I certainly didn't. And also the idea that uh, technology is so important. And really what is important is books. Yeah. Good good books. Good books. Um, The the U.S. News and World Report, uh, it came out in April. You know, it it yearly does an overview of high schools, the best high schools, it you know it determines the best high schools in the nation. And one of our schools in Jefferson County, I don't, I, I try not to mention any teachers' names or school names, but people can always find this out if they want to. But it was the highest in the in Colorado, and um, according to the U.S. News and World Report. Um, and it's number 116 in the nation. And it uses only books, no technology. Mm-hmm. And it gets kitted regularly by other schools because they they don't use it. But it's written in the school's philosophy statement that it is textbook based. And uh, it's, been, it's been very hard to keep it that way. Yeah. Um, but... but- and you're talking about virtual, and you were talking about virtual experiments versus real hands-on experiments. You know, same with books. I mean, there's something I love books. The you know, turning the pages and and going back and rereading something. Uh, I I clearly am a paper person. You can look at <laughs> look at all the paper well, that I have, but but I think there's something important about having that option to do that. Well, um, I did see one history class uh, who used that used books. And when we were in school, remember, we we would cover our books, you know, with brown paper mm-hmm. sacks, and, and we weren't allowed to write in them, of course. Well, this class, this history class, um, they not only wrote in them, they 
highlighted in them with various colors. And when they used blue, you know, you could hardly read the letters behind it. I was shocked that they used highlight in there, that the kids were allowed to use that because it <clears throat> destroys the book. Well, right. And, you know, textbooks ideally would be used by somebody, you know, in the next year and the next year so that that would reduce the cost to do that. And, and I, I remember that as well. Books like that, you know, you, you took care of the, the covers and you didn't write in them. It was just kind of a sacred thing. So, um, and, uh, Nothing seems to be sacred. I wanted to say this, though. You know, all of these experiments <clears throat> in teaching would be fine if they are... Born, if, it, if the idea is borne out in the standardized tests. But the SAT, which started in 1941, in 1995, which isn't very long ago, it was had to be recentered or renormed, and they added 100 points to all of the scores because they had slipped down that, that far since 1941. And that was in 1995. And since technology revolution with the cell phone and everything, it has declined at a precipitous rate. You know, one of the things uh, you said in your book that there was something I call, I think called photomath, where you could, kids could actually, you know, yeah. point their phone at a, a math yeah. problem and have the... It would work it for them. And, and, okay, and you know what, Roberta, I'm looking at the time again, and we still have a whole bunch more that we need to talk about, so we need to get you rescheduled on this. But... We are doing such a disservice to our kids, and we're doing a disservice to our hardworking people that are paying taxes. As Dave just mentioned, you know, a 60% spending increase in California, and I think people deep down, you know, we feel that we we want to give our kids a good education because a good education could be a a ticket out of of poverty. It could be, you you know, enabling or empowering people to have, you know, go after their hopes and dreams. So education is really important but again what we've seen is things that we value the the act of, the radical activists have taken these things and they use it to take money out of our pockets because they say they're doing something good and you're right there in the schools and you see that we are letting our kids down right and and the and as i say what disturbed me the most is that people don't know it parents don't know it Okay. Uh, and that's frightening. And I don't think that this is terribly new. I think we are in maybe the second or third generation of the t- deterioration of gathering knowledge. Well, and uh, so let's, you know, first of all, we're going to get you back on because we have to continue this conversation. But you had in there, and I'd also seen this, the eighth grade graduation test or exam for in Salina, Kansas, back in like 1895. Now, my Isn't grand that eye-opening. It's mm. very eye-opening because I couldn't answer all that. My my grandmother, uh, the one that I talk about, that grew up in a two-room sod house. So th- this was a dirt house, if you will. I mean, they were poor, but yeah. she uh, she had an eighth grade graduate, uh, or she graduated the eighth grade, and that was it. As I looked at it, though, I mean, she ran a household. She was smart. She read. And they eventually became very, you know, successful. But it was because, I think, of that education and, yeah. 
And I think there are college graduates that could not pass that eighth grade uh, graduation test in 1895. Well, I'm a college graduate. I even have a master's. I couldn't pass it. <laughs> well, we've got, we're letting our kids down. We've got we've to get this turned around. So, Roberta Sutton, thank you so much, and we'll get you scheduled um, next month sometime that'll work for you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And that book is What You Don't Know That Your Kids Don't Know. Every one of you, why don't you try to get that before we have Roberta on next week? You can go, you can go to Amazon and uh, next month then uh, you'll, you know, we'll go along uh, and go through that book and continue on. So thank you so much, Roberta. Okay. And so uh, our quote for today, John Wayne, the Hollywood actor, he said, when I was a sophomore at USC, I was a socialist, pretty much to the left, but not when I left the university. I quickly got wise. I'd read about what had happened to Russia in 1917 when the communists took over. And John Wayne became a real patriot. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well. Live honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals. And like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. Cry, but tell them if I don't serve.